former President Donald Trump suggested he would let Russia attack NATO countries that aren't meeting funding requirements. How have supporters of the military alliance responded? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning, we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. And we bring you more updates on Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's health. What does this all mean for defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. First up, President Joe Biden on Sunday criticized former President Donald Trump over remarks he made about NATO. Trump suggested that he would let Russia attack members of NATO that aren't meeting the 2% annual contribution. Presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. None of the 30 NATO countries owe money to each other for the alliance. The Associated Press said 10 countries are currently spending 2% or more of their GDP on national defense, a goal they set in 2014. 13 other countries are spending 1.5% or less. Biden said he has worked to strengthen U.S. involvement in the alliance since he took over from Trump in 2021. He criticized the adversarial stance towards NATO, one that Trump fostered during his time in office. But Trump's only remaining Republican primary challenger also criticized his comments. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley said the NATO comments made her, quote, sick to her stomach. Trump has not responded to the criticism publicly or on social media since his South Carolina appearance. At the same event, he mocked Haley for her husband's absence on the campaign trail. Where's her husband? Oh, he's away. He's away. What happened to her husband? What happened to her husband? Where is he? He's gone. He knew. He knew. But Major Michael Haley has been deployed in Africa with the South Carolina National Guard since June. Haley rebuked Trump for those comments. Donald Trump had a rally today. And in that rally... He mocked my husband's military service. And I'll say this, Donald, if you have something to say, don't say it behind my back. Get on a debate stage and say it to my face. If you mock the service of a combat veteran, you don't deserve a driver's license, let alone being president of the United States. Another important story, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was hospitalized on Sunday with what officials are calling a, quote, emergent bladder issue. Pentagon Bureau Chief Megan Myers joins the podcast to talk about the latest developments. Hey, Megan, thank you for joining us. First, could you just tell us the latest of what Pentagon officials are telling you about Secretary Austin's condition? So Secretary Austin is hospitalized at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. He um, went into the emergency room on Sunday afternoon and late on Sunday afternoon, he transferred authority over to Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks. So she is the acting defense secretary right now. Um, And in the meantime, uh, today, Austin underwent a non-surgical procedure for a bladder issue. That is as much as the Pentagon has been able to say about what was wrong. 
likely relatedly, um, the issue that put him into the hospital in early January was a severe urinary tract infection. So there's a possibility that this is related to that. And of course, that um, urinary tract infection was a complication from a prostate surgery that he had in late December. So how has that impacted Austin's travel and work schedule? Yes, he was planning to go to Europe this week. He was going to go to Brussels and then um, and then Munich for a one for a NATO a NATO meeting and then for the Ukraine um, contact group meeting as well. So the plan now is he's going to stay stateside. It's unclear whether he's going to be working from home or whether he's going to be working from the hospital, uh, but he's going to attend virtually where possible. Um, and if he's not able to be involved, then um, Celeste Wallander, who is the uh, the Pentagon's Ukraine expert, will be in charge there, and um, somebody else will take over for him at the NATO group as well. Also on your radar for today, the U.S. Army is ending its effort to build a new future attack reconnaissance aircraft. That's an abrupt change of direction for one of the department's most significant development plans of the last decade. Budget documents showed the service had already spent at least $2 billion on the program and had requested another $5 billion for the next five years. Army leaders hoped the program would model new approaches to buying more complex and expensive weapon systems. Prototypes from Bell Textron and Lockheed Martin Sikorsky were expected to fly later this year, and the aircraft was slated to provide a long-needed armed scout solution after decades of starts and stops. But last week, the Army's top acquisition officials described a new vision for a major aviation overhaul. The Army also plans to get rid of its entire Shadow and Raven unmanned aircraft fleets. It will also stop fielding the UH-60 Victor model Blackhawk utility helicopter to the Army National Guard and instead field the UH-60 Mike models. And it's not the first time the FARA program has been canceled. Here's why it matters. The FARA, or Future Attack Reconnaissance Aircraft Program, was meant to fill Army Aviation's number one mission gap, armed reconnaissance. For 10 years after the Vietnam-era OH-58 Kiowa Warrior helicopter was retired, the service has relied on the more expensive AH-64E Apache attack helicopter paired with the Shadow unmanned aircraft system. The Army has already twice canceled potential replacement efforts for an armed scout. In 2004, it terminated the Comanche program after spending $9 billion to produce two prototypes. Four years later, it canceled the armed reconnaissance helicopter. And now here are some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. Authorities said this week that the Al-Qaeda-linked militant group Al-Shabaab claimed an attack that killed four Emirati troops and a Bahraini military officer on a training mission at a military base in the capital of Somalia. Authorities said Yemen's Houthi rebels fired two missiles at a ship bound for a port in Iran yesterday, causing minor damage but no injuries to its crew. According to a brief statement from the Navy, the sea service fired the commanding officer of Destroyer Squadron 2 over the weekend. And Axios reported that a White House official said this week that National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby is being promoted to an expanded role. And on this day in history, in 1960, France exploded its first atomic bomb in the Sahara Desert. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Zimone Z. Perez. Today's episode featured stories by Leo Shane III, Megan Myers, and Jed Judson. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Have a great day.